Good morning to everyone. Welcome to our Tuesday Chapel. Today we're going to begin with our reading prior to the singing of the hymn. And my hope is that you see how beautifully the hymn writer uh, incorporated the thoughts from the text from the book of Revelation into this hymn. Uh, the hymn that we'll be singing is um, of a Norwegian background. This is often sung at Norwegian funerals. Uh, Behold a host arrayed in white, describing the, uh, the beautiful uh, gathering of believers who are already sainted in heaven. So let us hear our reading then from the revelation given to St. John, chapter 7. Then one of the elders answered me, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. We rise to join in our hymn.
This week we also enter a new church year and uh, the beginning of the Advent season. And we do so today with the responsory that you'll see printed in your bulletin. Please join me there. Alleluia, remember, O Lord, your tender mercies, for they have been from of old. Alleluia. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen. You may be seated. We'll base our devotion today on the revelation to St. John that we read earlier. A number of years ago, when I had just started serving a congregation, had been there maybe half a year or so, a, a man who was in his middle ages came to uh, talk to me, and he was bothered by the fact that his wife did not want to go to church. And it wasn't for the typical reasons, however. And he asked that I would go speak with her. So I did. I went and met with her. And I found out that they had a daughter. When she was 18 years old, she was killed very suddenly in a car accident. So the age of our freshman. And a wonderful young Christian girl. And I loved her Savior, but just taken so quickly from this life. And as I sat and talked to the mother, the grieving mother, and this had happened probably 10 or 12 years earlier, as I talked to this grieving mother, uh, her problem with coming to church was the fact that whenever she would sit in the sanctuary, she would just envision her daughter's casket up in the front. And she said, it's just so hard for me to sit in that same sanctuary where we had my daughter's funeral. So we talked for a while and talked about it and I remembered something one of my seminary professors had said that always stayed with me. And he said that when, when believers in this life, when Christians in this life are worshiping around the word of God and around his sacraments and so on, that that's as close as we get to those who are in heaven on this earth in this life. And so I brought this up to her and I said, you know, I understand why you think the way you do. That would be very hard. I can't. They, they claim losing a child is one of the toughest things for people to go through. And as a pastor, I've probably had five or six families that have lost a child. And even when they're an adult, an 18-year-old, it's still difficult. And I said to her, you know, I've, I understand that's a very difficult thing to go through. And, and you're a, the fact that you associate her funeral with going to church but maybe think of it a little differently, thinking what my prophet said. Think that when I'm in church worshiping my Savior, the very Savior that took my daughter to heaven, this is where I now am the closest to her. This is where I am singing together with her in the same choir at the throne of Christ. The Holy Christian Church, the Una Sancta, the one holy church that God knows about, exists both in this world and in the world that is to come. In that sense, it's divided. At the same time, it's very unified around Christ, but it is divided by the river of the valley of death. And think of it as one large flock of sheep that is both in this world and in the world that is to come. 
And there are times when Christ, the good shepherd, will lead one of those sheep, sometimes even a younger one of the sheep, down into that valley of the shadow of death and have them cross the river into the home that is above. And what's hard for those of us who are on this side of the river is we can't really see very well the pastures above. We know it's there. God's word tells us. He describes it to us. He's going to wipe away every tear from our eye. We hear all these beautiful passages about heaven. And yet, it's hard for us because we can't see it. And when we, when we have to let go of somebody across that river, maybe a parent, um, when we have to maybe especially let go of a child someday, that's one of the most difficult things. And yet, we're all part of the same flock. We're all part of this host that God has established in the world through his word and his sacrament. It's difficult, it's often difficult for artists to try to depict the Garden of Eden before the fall. It's also difficult for artists to try to depict what heaven is going to be like. Whenever you see paintings of either one of those things, those places, there's, there's kind of a hokiness to them. <laughs> there's something unrealistic about it because we live in the reality of this fallen world. And it's so around us, it's so part of us. And the, the harsh realities of, of death and everything we deal with here in this life is just so ingrained in us that trying to even imagine what the Garden of Eden was like or trying to imagine what heaven would be like is, is just so challenging for us. And yet God clearly describes to us in Scripture both of those. Our hearts, as Christians, are drawn to this gathering that, that John has been allowed to see and, and who he, or that he's describing for us, this Eden that exists now on the other side of that river. But the problem we know is that to belong to that throng that's in heaven requires perfection. You have to have absolute holiness to be in the presence of God. And our consciences know things about ourselves that make us fearful of whether or not we would actually be taken there someday. We're filled with uncertainty about whether or not we really belong to this group. Martin Luther used to say that the holy Christian church is so hidden in this world that even Christians aren't always sure they belong to it. It's an interesting statement. But as residents here in this world of being a non-Eden and a non-heaven, we notice the lack of perfection in ourselves. As the Bible says, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. And so there's kind of a lingering doubt in the minds of, of Christians whether or not we're actually going to be there someday. But God would have us understand that the qualification process to make you ready for that is something he takes care of and he doesn't leave to you and me. Just think how uncertain you would be of heaven if even 1% of qualifying to get into heaven had to do with your life, just think how uncertain you would be. I know I would be. But God has taken care of all of that through the work of his son. And that's alluded to here where it talks about this robe of righteousness. Paul said this to the Colossians. I love this. God the Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. And so the words, the Greek words that are used here in our text today to describe this, this uh, wrapping us in a garment, 
the Greek word actually means to be completely covered up by a garment, to, be, to have it wrapped around you. Kind of like when you were a tiny little baby and your mom would give you a bath and take that nice white cloth and towel and wrap you so tightly in it. But the problem is we don't see this status that we have by faith in Christ right now. It's not something we see about ourselves. And we see our sinfulness, just like I do in myself, and that is what causes us to have so many questions. But to those who cling to Christ, even with the, the smallest, tiniest faith, you are wrapped in that beautiful garment of his righteousness. Sometimes children don't see and understand their status. Uh, this happens sometimes to children when they've been adopted in, in third world countries. And they're, they're not aware of the family that's adopted them now. They're not aware of the wealth that the family has. They're not aware of the status that family may have in, in a new home they're going to. They're not aware of how beautiful the home is. It all belongs to them. The paperwork has all been taken care of. That's all been taken care of and handled already by the parents. But the child doesn't feel it. The child doesn't see it and recognize it in themselves. And yet it all exists. That's how it is for us as Christians going to heaven, belonging to that, that beautiful white-robed choir that's standing around the throne of Christ. We don't see it and don't feel it right now. But God says to us in his word that will not lie, you're part of that and you're coming there someday. I always love when we're in church, right, uh, in church services, using the liturgy right before the singing of the Sanctus, Holy, 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 at the time of communion. There is this line that I love. It says, Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven. And I always think of my mom when I hear that line. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we join to sing this Sanctus. May God continue to preserve you in this precious faith as you've been wrapped in the righteousness of your Savior and as you look forward to that perfect Eden we are heading to, that beautiful home above. Amen. Please rise for prayer. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for calling, out of the king calling us out of this kingdom of darkness into your marvelous light. We pray that you would preserve us in this faith throughout our lives, that we may someday stand in your presence forevermore. And stir up our hearts of faith in this life to live lives that reflect that we are your children bound for heaven. We pray it all in Christ's saving name. Amen.
peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Go now in his peace. Amen.